the works that God does through our life is there not to lift up our name, but it's there to lift up the name of Jesus. See, I came here to lift up the name of the King, not to try to put any pride or any, any respect upon my name. I came to lift up the name of the King. And as I lift up the name of the King, those that are hurting will come to the King. They will see my life and they'll hear my story. They might even know me from the past, but then they will say, that's not the same person I knew from the past. That's not the same person that was broken and beaten and lost. How did you live? How did you get set free? How did you walk in the abundance of God and in the life of God? I say, the King, He saved me. have a seat and open up your Bibles and go with me to Matthew chapter 21. And today I, I have a message that the Lord has, has put on my heart. And the mess, title of my message is, are you ready for a savior? Are you ready for a savior? Now in Matthew chapter 21, we're going to begin, but the cross is a place of victory. What Jesus did at the cross was he paid for all your sins, all your sicknesses, all your diseases, all your guilt, all your shame, all your confusion. Everything that brings death, Jesus paid death. You know, you might be, you might be thinking, I, I got some problems with my in my family, and I got a lot of confusion between me and my father or my mother. And that pain of not being able to have peace there has been hurting you. Jesus paid the price for that. Jesus paid the price for lack, of not having more than enough. I mean, everything that Adam had in the garden belongs to you. And Jesus paid the price so that you can have it again. Amen. So Jesus is the answer for all your problems. You don't need drugs to get off depression. You need Jesus. You don't need 30 step program to stop drinking. You need Jesus. You don't need a lollipop to stop being angry. You need Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the answer to all your problems. He is, one of his names is, he is our savior. Amen. Amen. And so in Matthew 21, we read a story about a people that cried out to Jesus Starting in verse 1, it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you say, You shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that 
it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to, into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now that name Hosanna, it's not a name of God. Hosanna is a cry of mercy. Hosanna is a cry saying, save us. Hosanna was what they cried because they saw Jesus and they thought that he was going to raise up an army and begin to battle against the Roman Empire that controlled them. So when Jesus rode on that donkey, they saw him in a king in the way that they could understand as a king that would raise up an army so that they could fight in the flesh and battle against another army in the flesh so that they could overthrow them and that the people could be free to reign over themselves. But Jesus' kingdom is so much greater than this earthly kingdom. Jesus is the word of God that became flesh. He's God Almighty. And he didn't come to build an earthly kingdom. He came to establish his heavenly kingdom on earth. So even though they were crying out, Hosanna, save us. They were asking for the wrong thing. They did not recognize the presence of who they were in. Amen. You know, just to think about what Jesus told his disciples, that just, you know, I want you to just go in that city. There's going to be a donkey. Untie it. Bring it to me. If they ask any questions, just tell them, the master has need of it. Well, if you think about these days, you know, just imagine that donkey being like a Mercedes Benz. And you can imagine if I had one of my guys go down the street, listen, just, you know, that black Mercedes Benz. There's going to be one, there's going to be one parked over there. Just go and get it. The owners ask you, where are you going with that? Tell them the master has need of it. Don't you think there'll be some questions that would rise up? What are you doing touching my car? But everything that Jesus said was going to happen, happened. And when they heard, you know, the master had need of it, they freely gave it. And here Jesus is walking down the street on that donkey, and people started crying out to him, save us, save us, save us. But the, I want to tell you, nothing's changed. People are still looking for a savior. They just don't know what, where he is. 
I could tell you all the time, wherever I go, people will come to me, especially when they got problems. When they got problems, now they can hear what I got to say. People who don't have problems, people that, that think they got everything so perfect, I don't need nothing. Those are what the Bible says, they're rich men. Their hearts are hard. Even if, you, even, even if I preach the greatest message I could preach, they still will not come to God. These are the same people that would not recognize Jesus as a king or Jesus as a savior. There was a time where, where they saw Jesus and they said, ah, oh, he's just, and there, Jesus could do no miracles there. Talk about the son of God. If Jesus couldn't do it, what makes, makes us think that we could do it? Amen. But you find a person who has humbled himself because he can't or he has no more answers for his problems. Some of the greatest moments of bringing someone to Jesus is when a person has no more money, has been rejected by the world, and doesn't even want to live anymore. Oh, now their ears are open to hear the gospel. <laughs> Amen. See, that's, that's, those are the ones that God can use. When God takes someone out of nothing and he begins to make them into something, the whole world will look at them and say, only God can do that through that person. The Bible says that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. If there's anything in my life, in my ministry that you observe, any words I've said that you have received that have astonished you, because I'm a foolish thing of the world. Amen. Because it's Jesus through us. Amen. And Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to change your life. See, he came to establish his kingdom. And he's not looking to just make your mess better. He's looking for surrender. He didn't come to fight against your thoughts and try to keep your old ways and then try to give you new ways at the same time. He comes looking for people who are ready to just give up and surrender to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I remember uh, hearing that when a lifeguard comes to someone who is drowning, if you get to them too quickly, they begin to fight against you. And next thing you know, both of you are drowning. So there's times that the lifeguard will just stay on the outside and let that person quit fighting so that they have no more kicking them so that they could pick them up and then finally drag them to safety. I want to tell you, that was me. I was fighting against God. I, I had these desires that I thought that were real, that, that, that I thought were worth living for. And I was chasing after things that I, you know, I had my own way of thinking that my life was going to become this. You know, I bought into the dreams of what other people said I could become or, or the temptations that were, that were put in front of my face and say, if you do this, you'll get the dollar. If you do this, you'll get the name. If you do this, people will worship you. People will talk about you. People will say, hey, you're good at that. I was going that direction trying to establish my dreams and my desires for my, my life. But then God 
You know, God saw me heading that way and he waited and he waited and he waited. He could have walked away and said, you know what? Kevin's not the one I'm going to use. I'm going to use someone else. But he waited until finally my life was humbled by life circumstances. And I got to a point where I gave up. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of trying to perform. I'm trying to, I'm tired of trying to make people happy. It seems like I can never make my relationships work. I can never make my dreams come about. I'm tired of being disappointed by life. I'm tired of being tired. And I got to that point where there was no more kick, no more fight. And I got to my life and I, Hosanna! Save me, please. But when you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's when when you are at your your lowest, that's when God's hand is at its greatest for you. And he called me out of that unrighteousness. He put me back upon my feet. He cleansed me and clothed me with robes of glory. He filled me with what's in him is now in me. And he led me and he taught me his ways. He changed my heart and he began to love me so much that I began to love who he loves. And so now I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. But not me. But Christ in me and the life that I live is no longer for myself, but it's for the one who saved me and loved me. I went to the cross with Jesus. I surrendered and died at the cross with Jesus. I was buried with Christ. But three days later, three days later, that stone rolled away and I rose from the dead with Jesus And now the life that I live is not for myself, but it's for him. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And God is looking for people that will stop fighting him and just receive from him. Stop trying to, to make your way happen and let him show you his ways. So many people are struggling in life with all sorts of problems because this life is not meant to work. It's the wages of sin and death. It is the, the, the curse of the law. You know, you try to build relationships on trying to be good. You know what? I'll earn my wife's devotion to me because I'm going to be a good worker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to please her in all these different areas. But you try your best, but you still can't build the marriage. I'm going to earn my, 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 my promotion by, by doing all these things. I, I could tell you this one man, he became a manager, really good at what he did. He took, his, he took the company from operating at like 60% efficiency to 125% efficiency, and they still were not happy. Because no matter what you do in this flesh, it's not good enough. I could tell you business people, that had so much money and it still was not enough. 
They didn't have, they, they probably didn't even have mo- any money when they started. And then they got so much money that even though they had all the money, they could buy anything they wanted. It still was not enough. So they would, they would lie. They would cheat. They would scam. They would, they would, they would bribe. They would pay off others so that they would, they would steal from others. They would do whatever they took to get more because it still was not enough. That's death. That's not a blessing. That's a curse. You cannot tell me living for yourself in this world is good. I don't care how big and how great your dreams are. The only place you'll find joy and life and peace is with God. That's the only place. And God's still looking for people that will cry out to him, Hosanna, Jesus. Those who call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You know, I gave my life to Jesus, and anything you see that is good, it's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of the king. How does people know that Jesus is alive? It's because they see the works of our, of the works that God does through our hand, but the works that God does through our life, it's there not to lift up our name, but it's there to lift up the name of Jesus. See, I came here to lift up the name of the king. Not to try to put any pride or any, any respect upon my name. I came to lift up the name of the king. And as I lift up the name of the king, those that are hurting will come to the king. They will see my life and they'll hear my story. They might even know me from the past, but then they will say, that's not the same person I knew from the past. That's not the same person that was broken and beaten and lost. How did you live? How did you get set free? How did you walk in the abundance of God and in the life of God? I say, the king. He saved me. He's alive. When a person comes broken and maybe they're sick in body and then healing comes upon their life. I've had people come up to me and say, thank you for healing me. I didn't heal you. I can't heal a cockroach. You didn't hear me say in the name of Kevin. You're going to experience my hand upon you, and that's all you're going to experience is the touch of my hand. But when I say in the name of Jesus, you experience the touch of the hand of Jesus. And that sickness and that disease has to go. Because it was bought and paid for at the cross of Calvary. The king of kings and the Lord of lords has paid the price. He came to set the captives free. Thank you, Jesus. He came to remove depression. Thank you, Jesus. He came to give vision. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He came to give life. The people, I don't know what I don't know what my life is going to be about. I don't know what's going to happen. Go to Jesus. Stop trying to figure it out for yourself. It's good that you go to school and it's good that you do all those things, but you'll never find the joy that 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 God has for you. Unless you go before God and say, Lord, I need your help. Amen. When you walk by faith and not by sight, the Lord begins to bless you. The Lord begins to lead you and direct you. There are people that they get married just because they like the other person. You know, she's pretty. He's cute. They smell good. And you're getting ready to, to make the greatest decision in your life without going before the king and say, Lord, will you bless this marriage? 
Is this the wife that you want me to marry? Is this the husband that you want me to marry? And if they're not men of God, run quick. If they're not women of God, run quick, quick. Run, run. You're nice, you smell good, you got bumps in the right place, but I'm leaving. (laughs) I get next to my wife so she can hit me now. (laughs) So I got witnesses. (laughs) We're being led by the Holy Ghost. We're being led by by God. You know, there are, there are, I remember this one, this one man of God, a strong man of God. He thought he fell in love with this girl. And he was getting ready to, to marry her. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, don't marry her. She ain't the one. And he chose not to, to listen. They got married 10 years later. He got divorced. And he said he was on the steps of the courthouse. And the Lord spoke to him and says, I told you not to do this. You know? And God's good. He, you know, he leads you. You know, you can still mess up, but he'll lead you the right way. You know, you can still, you can still choose the wrong way. God will never take that away from you, but, but you've got to choose to follow him. His ways are better than yours. Amen. He's the king of glory. Everybody say the king, the king. of glory. glory. He wants to touch your life, bless your life, use your life so that everywhere you go, Glory. I could tell you where I've gone to friends' houses and, and them and, and their wife were arguing. And as soon as I walked in, it was like the peace of God just took over. I've gone to places where people were in fear. And as soon as I walked in, it's like just this great comfort and great peace and faith started rising up inside of them. It wasn't because of who I am. It's because of who he is. And wherever you go, glory should be there. Where people will say, look what the Lord has done. Look what, look, look what the Lord has done. This person was sick and now they're healed. Look what the Lord has done. Thank you, Jesus. I remember one time this one, this, we were doing youth ministry and I had a bunch of, of, of teenage kids that were, you know, they've never been in church before. And, you know, they were just doing their thing. And, and one of the kids came in and, you know, he was, a, he was a, a skateboarder, and he comes in, and he looks at me, and I go, are you okay? He goes, my head hurts. And I said, well, you know, Jesus can heal you. Come over here. So he comes up to me. I said, can I pray for you? Yeah. I put my hand on him. In the name of Jesus, I just command that pain to go. He looked at me with big old eyes. He goes like this. I said, what's going on? It don't hurt no more. I said, well, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> and he went to all his friends and started telling me, I got something happened. That pain left. I can't tell you how many times that I've ministered to somebody in the name of Jesus and they go out and they start bringing sick people to me. Just bring sick people one after the other. Just bring, you know, come, 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 come. This something over there. You got pain. Go, let him pray for you. Because the world is looking for a savior. I'm tired of people committing suicide 
Because they don't know that there's a savior. Why do people drink and get drunk and people get on drugs? It's not because that stuff has good things for them. It's because it's their one moment or they get that emotion of feeling that they're not themselves. They hate themselves. So they rather get under the drug or under the alcohol so that when they look at themselves in the mirror, they don't recognize who they are. And they say, oh, we're going to just go have a party. This is going to be a good time. Yeah, a good time because you get to not be yourself for a moment. But no matter how high you go, you got to come on down. And you can't take enough drugs to keep you always high because you take those drugs to get you high, you will never come down. And you will no longer exist. So people are committing suicide because they hate their problems. They hate themselves. They can't stand the man in the mirror. Those are the ones that Jesus says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. When you finally get to the point where he says, I I don't like myself. I don't want to live for myself no more. I need a savior. Hosanna! And Jesus will come. Because that's who he is. He's a savior. Amen. Aren't you thankful that you have a savior named Jesus Christ? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. My father, he was a truck driver from the streets of of New York City, a gang guy. And uh, uh, terrible marriage, terrible relationship. Didn't know how to be a a proper man, a proper husband, proper father. Whatever he tried, he always failed. And now he's a truck driver and, and he's, he's tired of life. So he's wanting to commit suicide. Drive his truck over a mountain. But before he drove his truck over a mountain, the voice of God came to him and says, if you want to die, die to who you are and live for me. And that voice led him to a church and there was a man there that showed him Jesus Christ, his Savior. My father surrendered his life to the Lord that day. He asked Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ came and lived on the inside of them. Now the life of God is inside of them. You might have just given your life to Jesus, but I'm here to tell you the life of God is inside of you now. Whatever is broken, whatever is missing, that life of God will begin to heal and restore and transform. It's glory that's upon you. His glory is upon you. And my father came back home. He went to my, my mother. He said, Araceles, Araceles, I'm a different man. I'm saved. I got Jesus. And my mother looked at him and said, yeah, right, Carlos. What lie are you going to tell me this time? <laughs> because she knows the old man. She could just see what he looked like on the outside. But then he began to walk and live for the Lord. He began to show the love of God. And my mother got to a point where she saw Jesus and his love upon her husband that she fell in love with Jesus. And she gave her life to God. And everywhere they went, they would minister the word of God. They would tell everybody the king is alive Look what the Lord has done for me. They would share the love of God with one another. They begin to speak the goodness of God. And you know what happens when you begin to speak about the king of glory? Jesus says, if my name will be lifted up, I will draw all men unto thee. 
You want to you know why more people are not getting saved? It's because those who know the King of Glory are not, lift, not lifting up the name of Jesus. You're trying to camouflage. You can't be a hidden Christian. You, you, you can't hide your light. Amen? When you come to Christ, you better, you know, you got to walk all the way. It's not about you being one way and God being another. No, you have to surrender your life to God. It's about building the kingdom of God. Amen. About the glory of the Lord through your life.